All right, welcome to the latest edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Young Jr., C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic uh, are here with you. Trent, how we doing? Oh, just just fantastic. I'm living in 2020. Yeah. It couldn't be better. Head down, barrel through, Trent. Yep. That's it. That's all we can do. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all we can do. Um, and we're And it's sort of – it's kind of a good – Motto for the Reds right now is they try to get through sort of a, a bit of a slog through the first 16 games. Uh, some good, some bad, but mostly just, just trying to power through it and uh, get on the run that they hope to be on. So we got a lot to get to in that regard. We, we, un- we unfortunately have to sort through the bullpen a little bit. It, it, it's going to be painful for some people, but this is important work. Okay. Yeah, this is this is why we get paid the big bucks. It's That's you right. know we're solving all the world's problems. There's yeah. no other problem in this world other than the Reds bullpen at this moment. Yeah. Hey, look, look. Do we go? We need to drop the disclaimer in again at the top of every episode. Trying yeah, to understand that this completely doesn't matter in the big picture, but we're just doing this to try to that's talk about something else. Hey, there was a long time where we wished. We could be sitting here sorting through a bullpen issue. Okay? That's true. It was very, very so let's, true. Let's focus on the positive on that. Um, so, but we, it's it's important work that we've got to get through for Reds fans. Um, and I, I also want to kind of sort through the starting pitching a little bit, um, which has been much more positive, and, um, and look at uh, maybe a couple of the surprises on that side of things too. And you have a story up uh, about the Reds submitting – uh, proposals uh, to have fans in and where that stands at potentially seeing fans in the stadium some point this year um, Bengals have been on calls with the Browns uh, and previously the Buckeyes we'll see if the Buckeyes are on this week's call uh, <laughs> so fast they, yeah we'll see changes by the minute so but it, for months on the logistics and being ready to do that and obviously having that in mind, the professional sportsmen are looking into it. Uh, Hamilton County is – we're orange, Trent. Feels good to be orange. Yeah. We're, no, we're no longer in level three. We're now in level two. Just good. Just better than level Just three. Better than level three. This is like Perhaps golf. We can, the lower the better. Lower the better. Down to two, maybe we can even get lower. Uh, but you know, so looking into kind of maybe even what that means in the big picture of this, and maybe we'll find out more about that from the governor this week. But we'll kind of discuss that some other things to get to as well. Um, so let's kind of just jump in with the bullpen a little bit, Trent. Um, All right, Amir Garrett. Who do you trust? Who can you trust? Where you trust? are the trust levels? The trust meters? Ooh, okay, that's a good one. No, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm looking at the, looking at it now. Rysel Iglesias, I, cl- I trust the most. You trust him the most, even more than Garrett. Yeah. Here's the thing. My number one thing is you need to not walk, guys. Like, walks are bad. and Walks are bad. Double check this. I just like Amir throws that slider and he throws the slider hard. That's that's what he does. Everybody knows it. Um, he's going to do that. And sometimes he doesn't really have the best control of it or commit control, not command control of it. And so I just 
worry sometimes about walks there. He has he only has two this year. Iglesias has none. Um, I'm worried about walks. Walks will haunt. So oh, they will. The video board will tell you that. So that's where I'm really kind of nervous. So Iglesias one. Um, Amir two. And then I think Lucas Sims. Yeah. Then Nate Jones. Ooh, then it gets then it gets dicey. Then it's just a pile of, of pick your poison for the day. Matt Davidson? Matt Davidson. <laughs> can he can they move him? Can they move him in from first base? Permanently, uh, you know the White the Sox pen. did that a couple years ago. They tried that with him. So I mean, that is something he has done in the past. He was he was a two way player not that long ago in spring. Never really happened beyond that. I mean, he's actually only pitched, and I think two two games. It's booted. Um. So <laughs> I'm only halfway joking. Um. Uh, you know, right now I trust him more than I trust <laughs> Michael Lorenzen or yeah. Cody Reed. Um, so I guess maybe Joe Kunal is next, and I mean Kunal certainly isn't. I think he could be goodish. Um, I think he could be a back of the rotation, <laughs> or you know, I think he could be Man, a back. You got You got to feel that. You got to feel that optimism. I think he could be goodish. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pedro Strope. Pedro Strope's going to go on the IL here today. Or I would expect. Yeah, that's. I, I'm guessing by the time we say yeah. this, by the time anybody's listening to this, he's already on the IL. So. So what? I guess. So I mean, so you got we're, we're, Iglesias closing and in Garrett setting him up and you're hoping to get to there with hopefully not too many other guys coming in, but you can't do that every night. You've got to use your pen to some extent. What are the other, what is, you know, what, what is David Bell? I mean, what has your impression of David Bell's, I guess, handling of Michael Lorenzen's struggles? Obviously he's really trying to get Lorenzen going and he's, well, they, they need him to. into some high leverage situations even as he's struggled, particularly on Sunday, obviously. Um, what do you, how, do you, how do you get a guy going that's pitching that poorly without costing games? That's the, that's the question. I think you try <laughs> what you did, and you're like, nah, nah, dog. We, uh, we good. So now you have to try something else. I, I just don't think, I think I wrote this Sunday, is you just can't do this anymore. And I understand why I did it. I really get it. Um, I don't know that if, yeah, because to do what you would, what everybody would want, you would have had to have stretched one of those guys to two innings or multiple outs, more than three outs each. Um, yeah, it's just, um, you, you have to throw him in lower, lower leverage situations now, like in, and he, you need to find places where he can pitch. Either you have a seven run lead or you're down seven until yeah. he starts showing you something. And, and maybe then maybe now Lucas Sims is really takes over that place where he was. 
um, where he was your one of your guys that you pitch when the game matters. And, you know, Lorenzen and Cody Reed can hang out. Um, yeah. It's just... Did it's we... Just I mean, wh- why was... Um, you know, I, I guess with the Cody Reed situation, there, there's a lot of discussion of, okay, well, the, to the end of last year, I think there was maybe a sense that he figured something out. I mean, do you... Does it seem like something has... Like, he just back to being his old self or what was that last the end of that little run of aberration what what do you make of Cody Reed because he every time for the most part when he's been up here it's been poor he's left-handed throws 97 has a great slider and it's one of those things that you look at it and like on paper that says oh this guy's this guy's a guy um and on paper he should be if you're looking at just the I don't know, the stuff numbers. But if you look at the production numbers, he hasn't been able to handle it. Uh, you know, I... No. He just he hasn't just put it together. Hit. Yeah, no. And, and he walks, guys. And he's just not... He's not reliable. He has... In five innings, he has four walks and a hit batter. So he's giving a free pass every inning that you bring him in. And that's not what you want to do. And then it's he's really given not. up nine hits in five innings, and and two of those being home runs. Um, I mean, he has five strikeouts, so he's striking out a batter in an inning because he has strikeout stuff. He has swinging this stuff. But if you can't put it together, what's the freaking point? Yeah, there's I mean, none. Brooks Raley had six strikeouts in four innings. Um, you know, Brooks Raley was better, but they haven't invested as much in Brooks Raley as Cody Reed. And now Brooks Raley is headed to the Astros. Yeah. Well, I guess, so you're, you're patching things together at this point. It, it, here's, here's the thing. Let's, let's run this down. So, if you look at ERA, bullpen ERA alone to this point this year, the Reds have the second worst bullpen ERA, 7.77, not grand. Uh, hey, the Phillies are out there with their 9.87 to make the Reds feel better. But they've played uh, like three games. They <laughs> they have 31 innings pitched out of their bullpen. In three games. The Reds games. have 48. The Reds have 48 um, innings pitched. And it's – Obviously, been awful. Um, you know, you get to. Uh, there's a lot of bullpens that are struggling, but you know, there's only there's only four with anything above a six ERA. The Reds yeah. are one of those. They're expected. Um, yeah, they're ex-FIP. If if you want to look like what they should based on the numbers, um, they're still not good, but they are. Let's see, I was sorting from the bottom. Let me sort from the top. X-FIP. They have so the they're 12th. 19th. 12th worst. So they're, they're middle, middle of the pack-ish pack yeah. in X-FIP, which is saying, okay, if things are like... So, like, that's just saying they're not terrible, but, like, the underlying numbers say they're pretty mediocre. <laughs> um, but... Hey! Oh, yeah. At this point, at this you point. you pray for medio- mediocrity. Um. But it's funny, it's like you yeah. look at the Cardinals have a in their three games, 
Um, I mean, they, they have 18.1 innings pitch, so it's it's tough to say anything about them. They have a 0.980 ERA, but a 4.13 XFIP. Um, so those are things that kind of you hope normalize over time, but we don't have time. There is no time. time. No. Uh, so you get you get to that, and that's all fine and good. That you're just hoping for some guys to come around. Are there, are there other answers? I mean, here's the thing. Like, okay, so do you have to go outside of the building? Do you? Oh, do you are there answers somewhere that's the, else? That's the thing. You I know, know. I mean, you know, the trade deadline. Um, who's who's out of it? I mean, you're trading with the the pirates or maybe if the phillies or if the the cardinal season gets canceled who knows you know, it's like you know right. the, august 31st is the trade <laughs> deadline um who's who's out of it who's selling and if you are again let's look at this as markets what is the market right now well the market inefficiency what people want is relievers because everybody's bullpen sucks like we said also pitchers are getting hurt at at an historic rate so arms in general are needed everybody's looking for that so i think at some point you know you're gonna have to dip into some of the guys at Prasco, these the Tyler Thornburgs, the David Carpenter, guys who are a little more experienced, uh, but they're going to require some uh, some moves to the um, to the the 40, 40 man. Yes, we still have a forty man. I'm trying to get all the numbers uh, correct in my head. We have a twenty eight man right. roster. We will the rest of the season. We have we still have the traditional forty man, and then we have the sixty player pool. Yeah, so I think I think that's really the one of the first things you're going to have to do is dip into that to your Tyler Thornburgs, to your David Carpenter, um, AJ Allenies, uh, the the guys on the forty man right now, uh, Ryan Hendricks and Tony Santian are the two relievers or the two pitchers down in um, down at or up at Prasco if you want to get uh, geographic about it that are on the 60 band. <laughs> so maybe Ryan Hendricks, maybe Tony Santian, they get their shot to come out of the bullpen. Santian, of course, has always been a starter. He's preparing as a starter um, in uh, Prasco, last I heard. And so, but maybe you give him a shot and say, throw hard, throw strikes. Yeah. Just find a way to get people out. What I mean, what about, what, what's, the, what's the status of Wade Miley? He's coming back Wednesday. He's going to start Wednesday. Okay. And so, but so you're probably so. going to have him and uh, Mally as a piggyback, like what like Brewers do on Saturday. Right. So I, I think that's probably the plan. Um, and, and David said, David Bell said it was something they were looking at. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't, I think they were kind of staying away from. I mean, Miley, Mally was only going to throw if Sonny Gray got knocked around real early and he was going to come in long. And it's still a possibility that happens tonight, but I think it's less likely. The Red Starters ERA is second best in the league. Only the Indians uh, are better. 
um, 2.58, and you know they've they've obviously been phenomenal. And that's with Sonny Gray even getting getting knocked around a little bit, you know, certainly by his standards, um, in his last outing. I mean, what what you so you you have these guys. You're, you're the depth of your rotation. I mean, where you're like looking at Castillo coming in is like, oh man. Ugh. Well, right? and like, then if we want to play those other things, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's funny. It's like, but you know, they have the top by WAR, a three point four WAR. Uh, their xFIP is two point eight three, the best in in Major League Baseball among the starters. Um, so, yeah, they're the starters are getting the job done. It's just. Like, I mean, I think they all kind of have that Trevor Bauer in Detroit. Like, I'm not giving this ball up. Right. when they give the ball up, um, nothing good happens. And how much more of this can be solved also just by these starters st- starting to stretch out a little bit more? Well, I mean, that goes back to also, you know, like Trevor Bauer is now pitching um, after the reset on the off day. They pushed him back some. You know, you've seen his velocity go down since, uh, well, not just the, the sh- after warming up to start in, in Detroit for that doubleheader, you saw it go down and that was something, you know, you saw the velocity down, uh, he still shoved. And then he came back again on regular rest. The velocity was still down, still shoved, but there is a break. They're giving him some extra time and hoping that rest uh, helps him. And he's not a guy who traditionally likes to rest, but it may uh, be prudent. And so that's kind of what you do worry a lot, especially as you look around the league. And like I said, pitchers are getting hurt at a historic rate. I just, you know, I I look at something like that and you wonder if down the line, obviously, you know, it's working these guys up to where you're comfortable and maybe, and, and and them being more aware of the need to be uh, to, to use your line, your word, less pitchy uh, and to really be more aware than they normally would be of their pitch count and and really attacking and going after guys a little bit uh, more so and, and having that factor into their approach. more. That's the thing. These guys are strikeout pitchers. Yeah. You know, you go back to the starters and what we were talking about. The red starters strike out 12.16 per nine. That's the best in baseball. Uh, the Indians are 10.97, so they're a full strikeout per nine innings better than the Indians, who are full per nine innings better than the Phillies, who are third on that list. So uh, it's just, um, it's tough. It's, 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 it's you can't right. tell you're, them you not to be who they are. And when you're yeah. talking, Gray, Castillo, Bauer. You're talking about strikeout pitchers. Yet, the other two that you would put in that... I mean, Tyler Malley has been very good. I mean, granted, 10 innings has been very good. Anthony DiSclafani, (laughs) all he's done is just gone uh, 11 scoreless. You know? I mean... You know, it's so funny. I wrote that story in spring um, back in the regular times. Um, BC <laughs> and, and just about how like I think like sometimes Anthony is purposely boring in his interviews and we talked about that Anthony and I and he kind of admitted that but he's almost like that on the mound too where it's just he lulls people into sleep and he's been he's been very good um, not just this year but last year 
Um, once he kind of started using that slider differently, um, he's been so good. And he's been a really good starter for this team for, for a while. And um, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch. And and you're right. He's just kind of flying under the radar. Um, let, let Trevor Bauer get all the attention. Luis Castillo get the gifts. And Sonny Gray... <laughs> Um, be sunny and, and then like, oh yeah, Disco's, Disco's, uh, dancing. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the, it's interesting if Wade Miley comes back and can be effective, you know, and you're maybe taking some bullpen innings away by whether it's a piggyback situation or something, utilizing the starter's depth to take innings away, you know, or give a basically an almost an off day to a lot of your relievers back there, so you're just using some of the better ones until the other guys get going. is is a sound strategy for winning, but then you run into the like, but you got to pitch guys. It, it's it's just it's a challenging, complicated puzzle because you got to pitch guys regularly. Guys are only going to get worse if they're not out there getting practice and they're able to get in games. But then you've got to win games right now. I you know, I, but to me, it's. Utilize, find some way to utilize your your effectiveness and depth of your starting pitching right now, and 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 help that to take away from some of the problems that you're having in your bullpen. It's easier said than done. It, it changes as the week goes by, but you know whether we're talking about like you said they're going to do with with Mally or whatever. Um, you know, perhaps Wade Miley coming back and being effective can be a big part to helping this bullpen uh, through some kind of down the domino effect. And that piggyback could really help that yeah. bullpen. It sounds counterintuitive, um, but it really makes sense because if if, if Wade Miley can go maybe one time through the order <clears throat> and you have an order that's set for the lefty and then Miley comes in, and even if they switch, <clears throat> you then have guys who maybe come in and out. You have They have 28-man rosters too, so they can do some changes. But then one of your hammers is the lefty Amir Garrett. So... I think it, it could work out well. Um, and, of course, I say this, it's going to blow up because that's how things go. But I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way and have it set that way. All right. Well, I just, just, to, just to shift shift gears real quick, I do have to take a second here while we take a break from that to, to talk, talk to you about what well, we got to talk about, your summer body. You know, we always want to talk about the summer body. Beaches are open, sun shining. Look, the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. It might it might not be, but this can help you. Uh, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They've forever changed it with their Perfect Package 3.0. It comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer. ton of other liquid formulations round out your manscaping routine. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's good for healthy chest hair. As it is for skin, you want that healthy, that plumage on your chest hair, nice and fluffy. Uh, for limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and a patented high-performance reduced chafing manscaped boxer briefs. Easy for me to say. Uh 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Uh, Trent, I, I wanted you. You have a story. We've you, you wrote much more in depth from a Reds perspective um, on this. I've touched on it from a Bengals perspective. It has been obviously a popular topic, um, and that is, hey, can, are fans going to get in at some point? And take, I mean, uh, for those that haven't read it, can you just, uh, which you should be a subscriber. If you're, if you're a subscriber, thank you. Uh, if you're not, I uh, highly recommend coming in and uh, hopping on. You can do a, a free trial or whatever. But for those that have not read it yet, kind of give a, a little synopsis for me of where the Reds are at with this because I, it might be in a place that people didn't realize. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a place I didn't realize. I've, here, here's the thing. I think every team in – professional sports and even that includes the sec um every team in professional sports has kind of had a way like thinking about how they're going to do this um how they're going to get fans in as soon as possible and and how they would do it if if all works uh so the reds had a plan um they submitted it and had it approved both by the city and county and it has now been submitted to the state and mlb uh, I got the state, I got confirmation today that they have received this plan and are reviewing it. Um, MLB, the same. I got that yesterday. They said, this is not uncommon. It's not just the Reds. Um, where, where this came out was the Reds sent an email to uh, seasonal employees saying, hey, we have this plan. Would you be comfortable working? Let us know. Let us know if we can get enough people to work. Um so that is something they're looking into. Um, people I've talked to say they don't. Honestly, no, nobody expects it to get passed. Nobody expects it to get there. I think MLB is going to kick it. It's. I think it's all going to come down to the state. The state's going to have to make these decisions. Um, it feels like the the city and county kind of kicked it up. Uh, I've, I've told they're pretty detailed. Um, plans and there were some changes by the city so they didn't just simply kick it up to to the state um, but quite honestly they're they're passing the buck along to the state knowing that it's going to be the state's final call mlb i think is going to defer to the states i know there was talk um at one point about texas getting having people in their stands um and is little as texas has done about things uh the spike happened in in houston and and dallas at, at the time right when baseball is starting so they 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 punted on those decisions till later um so yeah I, it's a possibility um i wouldn't put down non-refundable deposits on any tickets if i were you <laughs> right uh you know i mean i i think that the idea probably would be more if things continue to improve. And like you said, you go by a state-by-state yeah. basis where you could be talking about, okay, playoffs are happening and Hamilton County is at level one 
or whatever, and you're seeing that where, okay, you feel comfortable letting in the 15% or whatever number that would land at and and allowing that for, for some playoff baseball or something like that. Um, the, the I mean, the Cubs have already done this too. And, like, they would, again, you're talking about, oh, roughly 20% yeah. of, uh, of that. So, you know, 20% of 40 is one-fifth of 40, so like 8,000 fans. Yeah. Which, like, I, and I, I've, I sort of have my opinions on it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like you could pull off something at a small, very small level, even maybe a fraction of that fraction at first. And, yeah, and like find 40, comfort. Four thousand. Four thousand. Because spread them out I mean, around if, the stadium and open up your concessions and things like that as a reward for some season ticket holders and and a unique experience. And and there's that's no different than so many of these businesses that have done this the right way. There's so many businesses utilize the outdoor space. You have massive outdoor space that you can use. You can spread people out. You can have lanes for people to walk in to keep people separate and make sure everyone's going the right direction. All those things. I I talked about this on on the Bengals podcast yesterday. I mean, I, I talk about what I know. Look, I've been to Mad Tree. I've been to 50 West. The way you use these huge spaces, these huge outdoor spaces, and assure that there is always spacing and mask mandates, and everybody follows it because everybody wants to do the right thing and handle it the right way because the company sets the tone that way. It makes you feel safe. You never really have any concern because you're utilizing space and outdoor, and you know that every last precaution has been taken to make sure that people feel comfortable there. And no, there's been no problems at those places. And granted, you have nice weather and all those things. But for the a place like the Reds, who have all the advantages of that, can pull off something like that. There, it is a possibility. And like you also think the Reds have, um, and and I think a lot of Major League Baseball places. But but I know I know the Reds specifically. You also have like in-app ordering for concessions. Absolutely. Maybe make it only that. So again, that is. Um, cutting down on person-to-person contact. Um, if if you can expand that and have that ready, that also means you could use fewer, you know, you don't have to have every concession stand open. You It is more centralized. Um, maybe you put in more of those lockers um, just so that people aren't gathering around those lockers. Um, but, but that is a way that maybe you then have a central kitchen. So, again, you put fewer workers at risk. Um, I worry more about workers, honestly, than I do fans right um because fans can be spread out workers sometimes not as much um so so i i think there are ways to do it i know the cubs have have done the same kind of thing um you have to be hyper vigilant about um your assigned seats you know you can't move down like i was in my interview that i had last month with the governor and the governor talking about yeah you know i love going to the stadium and moving down to better seats which is just kind of a funny thought like, because I'm, I'm sure the governor probably had some pretty good seats does he anyway. Need to be, hey man, <laughs> the grass is always greener two rows down. <laughs> That's right. Um. So, but like also in that interview, he was he was talking about it. His his family owns a minor league team in Asheville, the Asheville Tourists, and his his point was every team has looked into this. Every team is seeing how they can do it and drawing up plans, and and those plans are constantly changing. Um, I, I think this is just, um, honestly, I think this is the team 
doing their due diligence. And if things continue to get a little bit better, maybe they can open up. We've seen it in Taiwan. We've seen it in Korea. Um, those countries have handled it better than our country. I, I don't think that's, I'm sure that is totally political and I'm going to get blasted, but I, I think their numbers speak for themselves and um, they have been allowed. There is a way forward to hopefully do this safely. Yeah. Um, before we kind of finish up that thought, I do want to take uh, a quick one because I think that anybody that does the first time the stadium does open up, every dude should show up in a full suit, you know, <laughs> right? Just looking good, like treat it like opening day, which means it's a perfect time to bring you this message from Indochino. Wrapping this up, I, would, I do want to. I do want to. You know, we'll see what happens with fans. Um, keep an eye out. You know, everybody should be kind of keeping abreast of what the governor is saying, um, because you know, there's those, those updates are important. Just keep, just keep, keep that in mind. Um, we may hear more as that goes forward. I certainly expect as the NFL season gets closer and whatever happens to college football, some decisions will be coming there that could be very relevant to the Reds as well, vice versa. So um, keep an eye out for that. We'll see when news on that starts to drop. Um, outside of that, Trent, you know, another week. Your Royals. Yeah. They're in town. Royals so. in town. Uh, they, they come to how are the Royals? Two- how are the Royals this year, Trent? Uh, they're on a roll, man. Run one four in a row. Yeah, they're not. Their overall record's not great, but they they've won four in a row. Three against the the Twins, who are a very good team. So, I mean, there's, you know, quick look at that coming forward. So we'll have. Um, and then the Pirates after that. The Pirates haven't aren't going to have played because this they were scheduled to play the Cardinals, and the Cardinals, um, the Cardinals are apparently going to be folding. I, no, they're not. I mean, that's sarcasm. <laughs> I don't expect the whole franchise to fold. Um, but who knows? I don't know when the heck I mean, they're going to play again. That's just it. Is is when do they play again? And then the logistics of trying to make up however many of those games. Yeah, I mean, and this is across. This isn't just them. I mean, there's other teams. But it's really on that them. same issue. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking. That's, that's at, a lot of doubleheaders. It's a lot of seven inning doubleheaders. Which, well, you know, if you have one of those, it helps out the bullpen. But if you have a lot of them, well, your bullpen's starting pitching now. Um, they, they, would, they might have a permanent 29-man roster at some point um, because of the doubleheaders and all those yeah. back-to-back. But it's going to be a severe challenge to, to line up um, that that. Um, rotation and how they pitch through all that with so many double headers. I would think at some point they, they can't try to play 60, but what is a fair to both the other teams, the sample size of them playing enough games versus what is fair to them to be something legitimate. Um, you know, there, there's a sweet spot in there that I don't know that anybody's going to figure out. And they, they certainly can't until they uh, they start doing it, uh, until they start knowing when they're going to play. But they're not playing anytime soon. I mean, they had a doubleheader on Thursday scheduled, I think, in Detroit that has already been canceled. 
What what has the Reds' reaction been to the the new sort of player code that has been dropped down by MLB through this? Which I I mean, you have to imagine what's happened not only to Miami but the Cardinals, and you see kind of the impetus of that. We saw Zach Mizell is a great piece of what happened in Cleveland, um, and you know I, you do say there is this sense of if players were on the fence or about how serious they were taking it at all, boy, that is uh that is out the window. Yeah, but here's a here's the thing. Um, we talk to people now, and the bottom line is the way that our interaction with the media and the players are is all performa. It's not nobody's getting the real scoop or getting yep. hashtag real talk because it's all in front of a camera that's activated that everybody sees the TV has the TV feeds because again, you and I both know this. I don't know. Everybody knows you get different answers when a TV camera is there. When a camera is there, it is much different than when a camera isn't there. People are looser. They're more honest. Um, especially the fewer people that are there, you can get into nuance. You can get into more uh, detailed discussion. You can get into more discussions uh, where not everything is going to be passed along. And that helps your understanding. So for now, everybody's going to say the right thing because they're not that stupid to not say the right thing. But, you know, you know, Zach, please, Zach, uh, Mike Clevenger, they said the right things. They did not do the right things. And um, we shall see. You know, right now, everybody's saying the right thing. That, that's the bottom line. Everybody's saying the right thing. Uh, we don't we won't know that they're not doing the right thing until they haven't done the right thing. Yep. Yeah, that's 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 a big part of what is lost in all, in all sports trying to cover this type of stuff, and that's it's part of it. Uh, it's what this year is is different for everybody, but yeah, it's really it's really hard to know the real truth or any depth of what's really going on. It just is. It's just it's just impossible to know. It's all surface level at this point. So, uh, but we'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing our best uh, uh, to keep you as informed as we can. And hey. We'll be back next week, and we'll discuss what has gone down. So, anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next time on WARP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Woo.